Ladies and gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-on items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners, and welcome to this exciting episode of Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. This program is brought to you by Enesatum Entertainment LTD and Accessible Technology Solutions in Australia. We are Enesatum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. So I'm journeying to Australia now and I'm in Melbourne. And I have a very special guest today, a beautiful lady, Miss Devika Day, CEO of Devika Coaching. And she has a fascinating story. Welcome, Devika, to the program. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Diva, this is such, um, you know, such an honor and I really love connecting with you. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yes, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> good morning from Melbourne. Yeah, and good afternoon. Um, is, is it Kingston that you're based? Yeah, Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> right. I, have a, I have a few friends in Melbourne, Adelaide, Queensland, where else? Somebody in Sydney. Yeah, so I know a little bit of Australia. Yeah, hope to visit <laughs> yeah, there you soon. Got, yeah, absolutely. Well, you'll have lots of places to stay, so that's always nice, huh? <laughs> All right. So tell us about you, Devika Day. Yeah, okay. So um, my name is Devika, and essentially what I do is I'm a love and leadership coach. Um, and yes, I help right now uh, female business owners, um, and uh, basically women in business use their experience of breakup to um, as a pathway to embody leadership and uh, really grow as a leader. Um, however, I am going to be opening up the doors with men as well. So that is happening actually sooner than I thought. Um, in fact, actually this year. So yes, I'll be also working with men very, very shortly um, as well. Uh, yes, so that is what I do. And um, I guess my journey towards it was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, no one really kind of sits there and thinks, hey, wow, let's use our divorces and breakups to be better leaders. Um, in fact, no one actually wants to do that because, frankly, <laughs> to sit there with uh, these feelings around breakup and divorce is not very pleasant. It's not actually nice. Uh, it's mm -hmm. not looking at the nice kind of, 
opti- you know, optimistic kind of perspectives on your experience, right? Yes. Um, so I, I am someone who has gone through divorce and I have gone through breakups. And it's really interesting because my divorce was like this kind of catalyst for literally slapping me about in the face and kind of shaking me and saying, what the hell are you doing with your life? Kind of, you wow. know, that, that sort of moment for me. Um, so, yeah, so um, <laughs> that was then like uh, once I got you know, divorced and separated from my now ex-husband, um, I pretty much started this journey of why is it that I've never felt worthy, like worthy in relationships? Why is it that I've never felt worthy in leadership, actually, even though I've had opportunity after opportunity thrown at me and I've never taken the bull by the horns and really kind of embody like, yes, it's okay for me to take on this project. It's okay for me to be the lead on this thing. It's okay for me to really own this role and step up in a way that, um, you know, I should step up. I, I never leaned into leadership in the past. And it was really my uh, breakup, my divorce, that um, gave me the insight onto that. And then I kind of used the experiences that I had uh, in my relationships and um, the experiences that I had in you know, uh, working in corporate, because I did work in, you know, retail, hospitality, but also uh, business banking and then wealth management. I used that experience to sort of sit there and say, hang on, I've had all these opportunities to step into uh, management leads in projects, and I've just never taken it. And it was just such an interesting kind of study, a five-year study into looking at uh, kind of identity, power, and um, the dynamics of love and leadership and how that all sort of plays into each other. Wow, absolutely beautiful. So could you tell us about your past in terms of your divorce, your relationship? We would want to know if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, look, my marriage was an arranged marriage. So I pretty much married a guy that I didn't know. um, And my parents were the ones who kind of knew his parents and knew his family and they, you know, they sort of set it all up for me. Um, It was never a forced marriage. There was never a point where I, I, you know, it was like, you must marry this person or, you know, face execution or something. You know, it was never something like that. It was just something that um, my parents kind of did because they were like, oh, like you are just not dating anyone and yeah, you're so busy with your work life and uh, we're just going to help you out with this one area of your life that frankly is kind of falling flat. And um, at the time it was an irritating, but I also kind of appreciated it because I could see that they were coming from a place of love. Um, and yeah, so I basically married my um, now ex-husband, uh, my husband, and he was not someone I knew at all. Like I literally just got to know him over two weeks and then it was like, yeah, we'll get married type thing. So I didn't really know him. And look, he's he's not a bad person. He's actually a very, um, he's a lovely person, but we had problems in the relationship. And towards the end, um, that relationship became very toxic. It just became an incredibly toxic environment uh, to the point where, um, you know, even my physical safety was now potentially going to be something that was going to be a threat uh, because of where the relationship had gone to and how toxic it had become. And um, during that relationship, I really lost all my power. I lost my identity. 
and um, you know it was a place of you know really feeling a lot of despair and shame and uh, lack of self-worth for who I was so I felt very ashamed I think for being in the situation that I was in um, and I hate to say it but I also felt that I had somehow deserved it I deserved the behavior that was coming towards my way and it was very um emotionally abusive so a lot of kind of you know uh bullying and um gaslighting kind of behaviors that i was going uh, i was being kind of uh going through in the sense that it was being perpetrated onto me and it just you know i'd love to say i would love to sit here and tell you diva that i was the one who ended that relationship i was the one who walked away and said ah this is not good enough i'm i'm leaving but no i i was not the person who ended it he was he was the one who basically said leave and kind of wow me out. yeah oh my god yeah so i i didn't even leave and i would have i hate to say this i really do hate to say this but i would have stayed i would have stayed if he hadn't said that and um, worked it out tried to yeah somehow tried to somehow tried you know because i was constantly trying to um please him make him happy uh you know just trying to figure out what i was doing wrong um but it wasn't it wasn't me um you know and it wasn't always it wasn't even him necessarily it was kind of like i hate to say it but it was like this like the level of unworthiness i felt pretty much resulted in me attracting a partner who also felt that same level of unworthiness right at least this is from my perspective now yes right um you know i i don't believe that i was a woman empowered and therefore i would not have attracted an empowered man uh, i would have attracted a disempowered man and i believe that at the time yes my ex-husband was a disempowered individual he wasn't mm -hmm. a bad person uh but he was a person who was disempowered and um as a result of that probably behaved in ways that if he was an empowered human being he wouldn't have behaved that way towards me um, I need to do at a least part three um, <laughs> with you and Jared from the UK to get a man's perspective on this because you know this is just awesome continue yeah. your stuff <laughs> thank you um so yeah so it was that's kind of where it was at and I, i hate to say it it's i still feel shame that i never stood up for myself that i was basically this woman who was kind of almost groveling for someone to be nice to them and i would feel shame too i yeah. would feel shame too you know it's it's something i still carry with me and it's it's from that place that um i then went into you know once i left i was really in a bad way i was just so kind of hopeless and mm -hmm. i just felt so lost and the kind of at sea and i know uh, everyone thinks of that uh boat you know that boat that's just drifting aimlessly in a big ocean mm -hmm. that that kind of imagery that is exactly how i felt i literally yes. felt like that and yeah. i was just like i don't i don't know who i am i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i want and um you know my parents my mother especially she saw that and you know god bless her with a lot of love she was like look you I, i can't help you you know your dad can't help you you really need someone who can really be there for you in a way we can't yes. 
you know, she really encouraged me to see a counselor. And that was hands down the best thing she could have ever like done for me, like guided me in that way. Right. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah, that, that's what I need to do. And I started looking up for some counselors and I found this beautiful lady who was also a hypnotherapist and um, a social worker and a counselor. And I worked with her for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And it was through that work, I then kind of, with her, I was like, oh my God, like my life is basically going to be whatever I make of it. So if I sit here and feel ashamed about who I am, then right. it, I will always feel like crap. So she kind of got me into this mindset of just even looking at the things that I have and being grateful for them. And what I did have was amazing friends, amazing family. And just having the gratitude for have, you know, having those people in my life was then basically my path to healing and, mm -hmm. um, you know, walking kind of away from a place that was so filled with shame and despair and hopelessness and looking towards optimism for what I did have and really gratitude. She gave me the practice of gratitude um, and taught me that you know, in the counseling setting, which I then, you know, obviously started doing meditation and all that sort of stuff and really took on that uh, practice um, through meditation as well. And um, that then became really this sort of saving grace, if you will, this um, kind of energy of gratefulness for what I did have and the gr gratitude for the fact that, you know, he let me go before the marriage went really crap like mm -hmm. before it became you know physically or something like even worse and in that respect i i do have so much gratitude towards my ex-husband because he owned that that is where the marriage was going to go and he owned that he did not want to be that man and he let me go and i feel so grateful to him he also knew that if we i stuck around with him that he was going to potentially most likely get violent towards me and he didn't wow. want to be that guy he didn't want to be that man who becomes violent so much gratitude to him for being mm -hmm. that aware that that was what you know that was where he was going as well and you're so brave enough to speak about it on the areas that you know to motivate somebody else because i know persons like you um who would probably break down but you have a it is a tower of strength because, you know, we need ladies like you to assist us, you know, where possible. Just a reminder, folks, that I'm speaking with the beautiful Devika. I pronounce it right? Yeah, well, that's actually a beautiful pronunciation of it. Um, Devika you know, Day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Devika Day. And this program yeah. is brought to you by Accessible Technology Solutions and Inner Sanctum Entertainment, LTD. Inner Sanctum, I beg your pardon. Hello, my name is Saddam Ahmed and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprises. At Accessible Technology Solutions, we offer highly customized training for all your adaptive technology needs, whether it be JAWS for Windows, for someone who's recently gone blind, whether it's learning your Mac or harnessing the amazing potential of your iPhone using adaptive technology like VoiceOver. For more information, please visit us on the website www.accessibletechnologysolutions.com. I'm Saddam underscore Ahmed11 on Twitter. 
at Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprise on Facebook or email us sadam at sadamahmed.com. Accessible Technology Solutions. Your problems, our solutions. So, Devika, you mentioned something somewhere along the lines of the dynamics of love and leadership. Tell us, tell us what the difference between those two. Yeah. Okay. So, in the past, um, people have very much separated that. They believe their personal life is their personal life, their professional life is their professional life. And in the past, and this is basically every single management course out there teaches us this that. No, you cannot bring the personal into the professional. And, you know, to a certain degree, there has been reasons for that. There have been some very dodgy things that have happened where people kind of start, like, you know, doing some more personal activities at work. And that's a very uh, clear uh, breach of ethics there. But what I'm actually talking about is really um, learning from the arena of love in order to really stay into and step up in the arena of leadership and that's a dynamic that hasn't really been explored too much um, and that was so interesting to me so um, I had to do a lot of research so you know I, I'm currently studying psychotherapy and I'm getting my hands on all these amazing uh, academic references from the worlds of relationship and love and couples counseling and all that sort of stuff which is great and I'm also um, and getting onto like the databases for organizational behavior um, and kind of like corporate strategy and management. And I'm starting to see some very clear links between the two worlds. So how do I explain this a little bit better? Let's see. There's actually a level of something called worthiness that people wish to cultivate in business and in leadership. But interestingly, from my research and my experience and also the work that I've been doing now with women, worthiness is actually very difficult or ch quite challenging to cultivate in the professional sphere. But it is, it's, and don't get me wrong, it's challenging to cultivate it within the personal sphere, but it's more likely to get cultivated there. And the reason for that is because the way we relate to another human being, the way we love another human being, it goes right back to the foundations of how we were taught to love as children. So worthiness is essentially something that we, gets mapped out when we're children. And it's something that we carry into our adulthood. And then it's something we carry into our professional lives. So to build worthiness in business, to build worthiness in leadership, you kind of need to go to your love life to be the teacher for that. And then you can bring it into your business. You can bring it into your leadership style and own it and not feel like such an imposter in business and leadership because you've gone to the place which is basically rewiring it in your body from your childhood experience. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Yeah. What other what other um 
terms or jargons are there, like the dynamics of love and relationships? It's imposter syndrome. That's the main one. Um, yes, that's Im- the main yeah, that's thing. what I was looking for. Yeah, it, everyone faces that, and it's so interesting because the statistics on that. So uh, this, um, you know, this uh, organization Kajabi, they actually did a study on uh, entrepreneurs and startups mm-hmm. and uh, business leaders, and they did the um, stats on who's feeling imposter syndrome the most, basically, and oh, it's. Wow really interesting so yes women feel it women definitely feel it but in the range of intensity men feel it more so men feel way more intensity around their narrative of not feeling worthy to step into business or leadership so you're saying men feel it more than the women yeah according to the study women don't feel it as much um they still feel it but they don't feel it right. as much Um, So the kind of thinking around that, and this is not something that I got from the study, but this is something that I got from um, psychotherapist John Rowan and his work with men, is that there is a social and cultural narrative which basically says that if a man does not step up in leadership, he is not worthy to be a man. So they basically, you know, from that perspective, men are going to feel it way more intensely than women when it comes to um, when they start a business, when they take on a leadership role, because if they fail, it's somehow uh, challenging their manhood, it's emasculating them. And if they even then voluntarily even give up that position, that's actually even bigger because it's like, well, you just chose not to be a man. That's sort of the narrative based on... Uh, Rowan's research around working with men and um, that I found fascinating and then I sort of looked at well how come women don't feel it as intensely as men and women don't while they do feel it they really feel it and when they feel imposter syndrome that alone can stop them from even stepping into a leading role that's it Men don't allow it to stop them, but women do. Women totally allow it to stop them from stepping into leadership. I totally get that. I did it for many years. I totally allowed my imposter syndrome in relationship and leadership to stop me. Um, And I'm actually going to probably define, like, just break down what the difference is between the two as well. Go right ahead. Yeah. So um, imposter syndrome in relationship looks, sounds a lot like I am not worthy of this person. They are too good for me. Um, you know, I I am not, you know, beautiful enough. I am not um, handsome enough. I am not, I don't earn enough money. I don't have such nice things. Basically, all the I don't, I don't, I'm not, you know, all that kind of narrative. I'm not good enough. I am terrible as a human being. I am such a piece of shit. Why are they with me? <laughs> lots of things. That's imposter syndrome in relationship. But there's another narrative around imposter syndrome too, which is I am so good that I don't need to be pinned down by anyone and I've got to be spreading my love everywhere. Like that is another narrative um, of imposter syndrome. It's kind of like the flip. Um, But what essentially is happening in both those situations is people are buying into a narrative that is preventing intimacy from occurring 
like true intimacy from developing and occurring in their relationships. So that narrative is just stopping them from going deeper into their relationships, full stop. So they're either going to bail, they're going to um, back out somehow, they're going to cheat, you know, they're going to have affairs, um, they're going to somehow throw a grenade in their relationships based mm -hmm. on that narrative. And the same thing happens in leadership. The exact same thing happens in leadership. So the more the narrative of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I cannot do this, uh, I don't have the right qualifications, I don't really know everything, all right. those stories once they start playing out, um, it's again like, again, there's a level of intimacy that you, needs to be cultivated in order to truly step into leadership. And if people are kind of frightened to cultivate intimacy in relationships, they sure as shit aren't going to cultivate that level of intimacy to truly <laughs> step into leadership. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to intimacy. Um, intimacy is a huge, huge correlation between the two worlds. The, um, the most successful leaders, the, the people who truly own leadership, they know who mm -hmm. they are. They know who they are and they're okay with it and they're willing to even share that uh, information about themselves openly with you they're willing to invite you into a space of intimacy but um this uh trauma therapist and um psychotherapist over here in australia his name's dr trail dowie he says this one thing that i'm like damn that is so true he says that uh for certain people who don't feel worthy of love and intimacy or relationship, um, for them to actually look at intimacy straight in the face and even engage with it is like an act of self-annihilation. It feels like they're going to die if they become intimate with themselves, intimate with their you know, partners, intimate with their business, intimate with their clients, intimate with their um, co-workers or colleagues to kind of like cultivate, I suppose, intimacy, like authentic intimacy and um, intimacy with integrity in business and leadership, someone actually needs to, and this has been my experience, this has been certainly my uh, what yes, my right. telling me, cultivate that intimacy first with yourself and with your understanding of relationships, what your relationship patterns have shown you. And that then has this, really interesting kind of playoff in how certainly the women I've been working with, how they step up in their businesses, how they step up in leadership, how they start um, actually sharing their voice, their stories and being more open to intimacy with, you know, their clients, with their um, uh, business partners, with their um, co-workers. They really allow themselves to be seen in a way that probably prior to that they would have shied away from and not wanted to be seen in that way at all because being seen, you know, and being heard for who you are feels also quite threatening and uh, vulnerable as well. You mentioned that you cater to women, you know, yes. to transform their story into an into a motivation and, you know, in business. And you mentioned that you want to work with men. How so? What's the story behind that? What's the study shown? Yeah. Um, so, well, when it comes to working with men, this is going to be, I think, a really challenging arena for men. Mm -hmm. So women, generally <laughs> speaking, 
they have been like lunging forward at me. I, I have to be honest, my business is very organic. It's been, I have literally just um, signed up a developer to build a website and build an online profile because I haven't really needed to work very hard to get women to come to me. It's been literally handing out business cards, networking, um, handing out some flyers, doing some workshops, face-to-face -face stuff um, and small stuff here in Australia, but it's kept me busy. Um, when it comes to women, they love this sort of stuff. They lap it up. They absolutely adore it. For a man to kind of go into this space and I got to be honest, the women who come to me, they're incredibly brave. They're very, very brave. They're ready. Yes. They're totally I ready. Applaud to them. It, right. I believe that a man's going to be very brave. In fact, exceptionally brave if he comes to someone like me to work around this, because generally speaking and it's not always the case but generally speaking when it comes to relationships and when it comes to looking at the narrative of relationship men aren't as comfortable there you know generally speaking they're, they're just not they're not conditioned to be comfortable there um you know culturally and socially uh it's you know the more like oh keep it together bro like you know <laughs> suppress as much as you can type thing um it's almost been like a stone wall like don't go there it's you know almost like you can't handle this that's actually been the social and cultural narrative to men which has been incredibly disempowering they cannot handle their emotions around relationship like right that's been sort of the narrative that's been fed to them i don't believe that's true and i don't believe that's true just based off uh the men I've now worked with, uh, the men that I am uh, learning from in psychotherapy, the men that I'm engaging with uh, in amazing, amazing groups um, that hold men and um, allow them to uh, speak authentically about themselves and their emotions. I am now starting to see that there is a rise of men who want to actually go there and who do want to be better leaders they totally want to be better leaders they want to be mm -hmm. leaders with integrity they want to be leaders who feel they're worthy of leading um mm -hmm. you know and they, and they want to do the best thing by their businesses their colleagues their co-workers they've always been men who have had these attributes and these values but um now i'm noticing that men are actually even willing to turn to their relationships to help them get better i think men are ready men are at the point where they're ready and if i'm honest there's also another motivation around this um i i couldn't be there for my ex-husband i didn't have the skills i didn't have the knowledge that i have now i didn't have the um you know kind of like understanding and awareness that i have now and i would love to be there for other men in a way that i wasn't there for him and also it's kind of like honoring the men who were in my life, the amazing male friends who supported me after my uh, you know, separation. My dad, my dad's a huge one. It's like, I mean, he is such a beautiful man. My dad right there, it's, oh God, I'm gonna tear up. But yeah, all these beautiful men in my life who have really held me and really supported me. And I just wanna give something back now. And this is it, this is what I got, oh God.
How can persons get in touch with you for the research and booking of appointments? Yeah, so right now my website is going live at the end of this week. I am so late to the party with a website because I just haven't been using, needing one for so long. www.thevikaday.com. Uh, that would be the website that you could reach out to me on. There's um, a link, a contact form, which you can totally send me your details. L- hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Davika Day. I'm the only love and leadership coach on LinkedIn. So, yeah, send me a message on LinkedIn um, and I will get back to you with the details of uh, the research. It is, it's, I will need to actually clarify that it is not a grant-based research. So I haven't actually found funding, no no funding has been available to me for the work that I do. I guess it's so out there perhaps. Um, so I am offering a discount on it. So there is a cost to it, but it's like a super low cost uh, to be part of this program. And um, if you're wondering what sort of research I'm doing, there's actually specific areas around leadership that I'm looking at right now. I can think of the top three, which people have sort of said, yes, I want to study that. I want you to look at this with me, which is integrity, trust, and self-worth. Those are the top three that seems to be, uh, you know, like hotcakes people wanting um, <laughs> to explore a little bit more with me. So yes, uh, reach out to me. I um, am available on LinkedIn, also online with the website. With that being said, guys, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. See you next week, Sunday. Hello, I'm Sydney Thorpe. Sidneysizer is here to help you meet your audio recording needs. Call our WhatsApp 876-281-2801 or you can email me at sidnesizer at gmail.com or sidnesizer at outlook.com or you can Skype me using Sidneysizer as my Skype name. Sidneysizer. We can talk. Sidneysizer, where we love to make good things happen. <laughs> <laughs>